1: Good morning, Roxy Soxy. Good morning, Sam. We are at our new studio Ooh. recordings company. I production love it. company. This is kind of a great setup.
2: Um, it's kind of if we take a look for a moment behind yeah. us, there's like take a look at sun. <laughs> sunset, sunset. <Yeah. laughs>
1: it looks like it's the sun is setting but it's so early in the morning and no one's actually even here which is kind of cool i like to be up before the sunrise right you
2: right i do too i don't too i mean we don't have our wine
1: with us but it's okay. i know we don't i drank a few drinks last night by the way how was it and i texted you and i was like i feel like you now
2: and you're like i love it I was like yeah girl let's get it
1: i always like to have a few drinks and then the next day i always feel like like I shouldn't have had the alcohol. Like I feel so much better when I don't drink. Mm-hmm. So I normally have like probably two to three a week. Mm-hmm. Um, if that, sometimes it's one because I just don't like the after effects. Yes. How do you feel?
2: So you know what it is? It's for me, I feel like I don't get the recovery sleep that I used to before I had mm-hmm. kids, which is so essential when you're drinking. It's like- oh. if yeah, yeah. To-
1: The Guide to Drinking by yes. Roxy Manning. That's correct. So essential.
2: <laughs> Be sure to download it. Yeah. Um, yes, but you the recovery every sleep is like essential to feeling better the next day mm-hmm. and we as moms we just don't get it because our kids are in the you know yeah. in the room early in the morning or they're up all night and They're in your bed. So drinking sleep is important. Yes.
1: But don't you feel like the sugars and alcohol, for me, it always makes me wake up after four hours. There's something about, and it lowers your B12 and B6, which I've learned that actually also decreases dopamine in the brain. So that's why the next day you're a little more anxious, a little more depressed. So I really try to pump up my B vitamins in the morning after I've drank because it does help like my moods level out. So would that be like taking a B-complex or something like that? Yeah. People think that you should take a big multivitamin, but Mm -hmm. we actually aren't deficient in every single vitamin that you're taking. So some of them you can take too much of. It depends on the quality of the vitamin. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, very specific. I went to this incredible woman who like tested my genes Uh and through your genes, they find out like what you're deficient in and what your types of genes are more likely to be deficient in. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, I take very specific vitamins for very specific ailments that I have. Like Bs are for energy. Um, iron is obviously for energy and for uh, red blood cells. Okay. Um, I do take magnesium for stress, L-theanine for stress. So it's very specific. Do you take a multi?
2: You know, I used to take a, like one multivitamin, but I've been since like probably in the last like one to two years, I've started taking like separate vitamins and I had my blood tested at the oh, doctor. Oh, yeah, yes see? Yes. And, and what was, are you deficient in? I was a B. So she was B's, like, you need yeah. to take b complex That's a few drinks <laughs> at night. <laughs> Damn it, that alcohol. Yeah. You know what? We better be stocking up on our vitamins because today is New Year's Day. New Year's Day.
1: And do you believe in resolutions? I always seem to write them and I never seem to stick to them because I do believe that in some way you should have resolutions throughout your whole you should be making changes throughout your whole year. Mm -hmm. It's like what Oprah says like when people go on a diet they decide to like binge the night before and I'm like it's so counteractive and like you need to sort of
2: continue those resolutions during the year. Right. It's like you shouldn't set your resolutions so high that you end up dropping off or you should make them like at least attainable where you mm. feel like you can get things done. Right. But for me, I think I usually don't set resolutions, but I'm kind of rethinking that because we're going into a new decade 2020. Right, right, right. So I'm like, hindsight is 2020. So I'm uh, like, <laughs> I what think, have I done wrong? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think, you know what? And I think I've told you this before, but I'm going to give a lot less fucks in 2020. I know. I like
1: that. Right. But doesn't that come with age? I feel, you yeah, know, I does. feel like your 30s, like for me, my 30s have been a lot more difficult than I thought they would be Mm -hmm. you know your 20s you're kind of carefree and you don't have as many responsibilities and you don't have as many financial responsibilities but in your 30s or or when you have kids maybe I should Mm -hmm. say like 30s and 40s it's like you're really trying to build for their future Mm -hmm. so you have to get your shit together you know what I mean like you can't be emotional with your husband in front of your kids and you can't like go and buy those $560 boots when like you need to plan for their college like you can't be as irresponsible in your 30s and your 40s and that takes time to learn right it does and it's
2: it's it's like you're saying it's not like uh an overnight thing it's like and you have to just plan so much more now yeah everything is a plan you know it's not like and for me like naturally i'm more of a spontaneous person just by nature and so for me like the whole planning having to plan this and plan that and like It just drives me crazy sometimes. Is your husband spontaneous? He is more of a planner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure.
1: My husband's a Capricorn. He's such a planner. planner. So, like, I'll be like, let's just go to Japan next month. And he'll be like, no, he has to think about it for six and a half months before (laughs) he can, like, literally just jump, which is good for me because then we both would be shit like we just would be a mess if both of us are just like let's go to japan would like
2: never have a proper life yeah. the kids would never be at the yeah. school they'd just be like traveling yeah. the world they'd be like
1: whatever we've got no money but we're traveling yeah.
2: so do you think you're gonna set a resolution this year coming up or i am and for me it's more
1: of like career uh career goals um you know, my husband and I have, like, started a production company, and we have a lot of, like, uh, movies that we want to write, and I, I want to direct for uh, the first time next year. So it's more about, like, what, what projects do we want to get done in mm-hmm. 2020, Um and less about like, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds, although I do want to lose 10 pounds because <laughs> I still have the 10 pounds from the baby. But I realize like, you know what I don't do is mm-hmm. I don't let myself sometimes just live in the moment mm-hmm. and eat what I want to. So what you're saying about give less fucks, I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I care so much about everything, what people are thinking, what I'm eating, um, how the world thinks of me. Right. It's just like, I want to give less fucks too. This is your year to do that. Because it's like, yeah. if not now, then when? Men, right yeah and i can't even i was like driving i was like yep. i don't even know a day or like a meal where i was like you know what you can just eat whatever you want not because i'm on a diet but like i wouldn't even know what it would be like to just sit down and eat an entire pizza because i'm so controlled and have such a perfectionism thing of like well you can't eat a whole pizza you can eat half a slice or like one slice but don't eat the whole thing because then
2: then you're being gluttonous you know i don't even remember a time where i felt like that i think it comes with age it just comes with like Just being sick of being so controlled, you know, and just being like, you know what, this is my time and I'm going to do what I'm going to do and Mm -hmm. just letting go. Where do you think that control comes from with you? So I think I've told this story. Mm -hmm. I was a very
1: overweight child Mm -hmm. um, when I was, you know, probably about 10 to 15 years old Mm -hmm. and I was teased and bullied a lot. And then all of a sudden, a light switch turned on and I decided... People go, well, did you starve yourself? And no, I didn't in the beginning. When I was 15 years old, I decided to eat well and exercise. I lost like over 100 pounds.
2: It's amazing.
1: Then four months after I lost 100 pounds, I got on a massive TV show called Home and Away Mm -hmm. where I was like the ingenue and, you know, it was a big show and my character was a big character Mm -hmm. and I ended up doing like... I think it was like 72 covers by the time I was 21. So for me, it was kind of like, you're perfect. And then I got a lot of attention. Mm. So for me, it was like, well, if you're perfect, and if you can control everything, then you will succeed. Mm. Because when I wasn't controlled, and I wasn't what the world like deemed as perfect, right. I wasn't able to succeed. Yeah. So it was like a very... it. It, my brain was trained really early on to think perfectionism was the only way for me to be happy. Okay. And so it's taken me a good 20
2: years to try to untrain
1: that mm-hmm. thought.
2: So were you um, auditioning and everything before you lost the weight? Like, were you trying to act and think? Roxy, like- I got,
1: did one audition and oh. I got the role. <gasps>
2: when you were before you lost the
1: weight? No, I lost okay. the weight, did one audition, <gasps> got the role. Oh. No one would even represent me because I was so overweight.
2: No way. No. So you had tried to like get well. Ready- I like love to like be on
1: right. the stage and I love right. to like perform, but like I didn't ever think seriously I could ever be on TV because right. again, you know, it's not like it is today where there's more opportunities. There was just no opportunity for like my size, right? Um, but the minute I lost weight, I auditioned like two months after I'd lost the weight and then got the job. So I thought, like, in my head, I thought, well, that is success like you right. being perfect and what the world again again deems as perfect means you will be successful
2: Ah, oh, so that's where it com- that's okay, where it got comes it. from but it's got taken it.
1: 20 years it's funny how the shit that you have yeah. like when you're younger takes so many years
2: to un- unravel right to undo and it's like i think with every like just like milestone like year it becomes maybe a little mm. bit like easier to do like yep. just a little bit little by little but it takes a long time like you're saying when it's so ingrained you know what's
1: your shit that you deal with
2: I mean, I think... She's I, like, so much, so much. <laughs> so much, so much. I think I probably hide it a lot more than I should, but like... You, you do know, hide it. <clears throat> yeah, because you know what? I think for me, I was sort of brought up to like not talk about problems, mm-hmm. to keep them inside, to not share with other people. I, like in, in my family, it was more like... You don't burden people by telling them your problems. Is is that what your mother did? um, Yeah. So they wouldn't really, you know, talk about problems Mm -hmm. like at all, like my parents and everything. And so for me, you know, I grew up and not that that, obviously now I'm trying to undo that. Um, And it's by no fault of their own because that's all they knew. You know, that's the best they knew. You only do what you got the generation before. Right, exactly. The tools that you had before that. Exactly, exactly. But it's like, you know, it's taken a lot for me to be open and like, especially even on social media, like Mm -hmm. being open about my family and like my struggles and what I'm going through. Because by nature, I'm a more closed person in that sense. Like I like to sort of keep it to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even share a lot. Like, as you know, like with my friends, like... You know, because yeah, I feel like I know you, but I don't know, like, what's your Achilles
1: heel? Like, what's what makes you tick? Like, what's, where's your pain? Like, I still haven't gotten to that point. And know, it's because, been a year. Yeah, I, I don't know how many cocktails I'm going to have to get. Because you're not, like, a drunk. Like, you don't get drunk and then, like, or tipsy and then just, like, tell everyone your problems. You don't. No, I go, like, the opposite. I'm like, Pie! You're like, yay! <laughs> I'm like, tell me about your feelings. Yeah, like, yeah. where's
2: your pain sit? I mean, I think for me, my pain is probably... You know, I think for me, because I also grew up in a multicultural house, Mm -hmm. um, being half Pakistani, and then also my mom is from a very small town in East Texas, you know, Caucasian. And so trying to sort of navigate the two worlds, because Mm -hmm. as a child, I wasn't, I I sort of didn't feel accepted 100% by both. Sides, you know what I mean? Because I'm also not Pakistani or dark looking enough Mm -hmm. for like the Pakistani community when I was growing up. I mean, things are different now and things are, you know, much more open and accepting. But this is how I felt like Mm -hmm. growing up. You know, I wasn't like Pakistani enough for the Pakistani community, but then also for like the Caucasian, for the white enough. Yeah, because I was like, I kind of had a funky name and like, you know, they knew my parents, you know, I grew up in this sort of house. It's so it's like for me, I think it's like maybe the acceptance thing. Right. I think. Do you kinda... feel now that you
1: try, maybe you put on that persona of always being happy to try to always be accepted by everyone?
2: Like, yeah, does it worry you not to be accepted? I think so. I think so. You know, it's funny because there's a part of me that really does want to be like everybody's friend mm-hmm. and to be accepted and have that approval and be a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. But I had this other weird like dichotomy where it's like pulling me in the other direction being like don't give less fucks right right don't care as much and so i had this like inner struggle you know where it's like i want to be people pleaser and i want to be accepted and be everyone's friend Mm -hmm. but then i also want to be like i just don't give a shit it's weird that we care so much like even you know the
1: social media world it's a whole beast in itself and i was like going through it's like it's funny. My daughter said, "Why do you look at people that you don't know on on your phone?" And I was like, "Oh, that was such a wake up call." Yeah. But this girl that I follow, she unfollowed me. Who? I'm not gonna die. <laughs> and like I thought we were friends, right? Oh. Was, so it, then, was this girl like a friend? Like, a- well, we'd met through like social media uh events okay. that we did like we were both ambassadors of the same uh brand so we like traveled together mm-hmm. i really liked her we have the same kind of uh family life okay. um i
2: think i might know do you know who it is
1: who is it <laughs> no don't say <laughs> it <laughs> um we're kind of similar in so many ways
2: okay
1: and so i was looking on her instagram and then i was like she unfollowed me And I automatically made it be about me and her not liking me and accepting me. And, And in some way, I felt like I went back to being that overweight 15 year old again, who was being not accepted and being part of the group. And that never really leaves you know but for all i know maybe i triggered some maybe she was trying to get pregnant and maybe i was showing the baby and maybe that triggered her and maybe that's something that she is dealing
2: with that has nothing to do with me but it's funny how we always make it about ourselves totally we always make it about us and that's like a natural i think human reaction to be like, oh, take it personally. Like, what did I do? Yeah. Yeah, what did I do? When it very much is probably about that other person, you know? Wait, let me ask you this side note question. Did you ever deal with mean girls, like, growing up? I was bullied so badly. Were you? So badly. And one of our mom
1: friends was actually saying, like, well, what happens if our child gets bullied? Right. And I wasn't even thinking about it because our kids are five and six, you know? You don't think that there's going to be an opportunity that your kid gets bullied. Mm -hmm. But it's so rife and yeah. it's so out there and it happens consistently and constantly. Um, and we need to be prepared for it and bolster our children up with enough resilience and fortitude and grace to be able to overcome that. Mm-hmm. But I'm already seeing, you know, you might not, but like I have like my mom's like crazy vision, because again, I was bullied. Mm. I see there's a couple of girls mm-hmm. who have the potential to bully. Mm. And I really believe it's up to the parents to not make bullies. Right. I don't think bully – like children who bully come out of nowhere. Right. I think it is a – it's an environment thing mm. and it's up to the parents to teach their children not to. Right. There's something going on in the
2: house that's mm-hmm. like making them feel like, like they have to – Like act out. Bully. Right. Yes. And they don't love themselves, you know. It's like yeah. – it's they're projecting their own like insecurities yeah. and everything else yeah it's true i know it's 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 a hard thing to like mm-hmm. kind of watch and it's like you know i go through the struggle too with my daughter um because she is a little more quiet and like sensitive and shy she
1: is right? she's one that could be bullied because That's she's, what I'm worried she's about. very
2: a very gentle kind
1: soul like i see that in bray and i'm like Ugh. so people could step over her
2: right and so yeah. wh- how do i deal with that like what do i do now to teach her to not sort of fall prey to that. It's funny because, again, I was in this
1: situation as a kid. My mom did everything she could to Mm -hmm. give me Mm self-confidence, but I didn't have self-confidence. Brain needs to learn her own self-confidence. So, like, if someone's bullying her to kind of walk away. Okay, You know, I think sometimes it affects our children so much that – it gives bullies more ammunition mm-hmm. to continue, right. So it's like if it's like if someone you know, like in social media, I love doing this, like someone comes and says like, oh, you're you're like a loser and like you married a guy for money or whatever they say. Yeah. Like they just try to like say bullshit. yeah. and you come back with either no response or you mm-hmm. come back with like, Thanks for the, thanks for the comment. Have a nice day. They have no ammunition. Right. It's like fire gets exploit with gas, you know, if you gas the fire, it explodes. So you just kind of let it roll off your back, which is difficult to do. And you might have to fake it. Yeah. But I think it's kind of like that in bullies in real life. Yeah. Just Don't do give them ammunition.
2: Don't get, so you think I shouldn't tell her to like fight back or like say something back or, you Mm -hmm. know, like that kind of a thing. I just, I do believe that when I do that, even in my life, it gets worse. Okay. Okay, you know, yeah. It keeps going. It keeps going. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It never stops. I know. It's so scary. And then you hear about these kids who commit suicide and they're like oh. eight years old, nine years old, ten years old. Like. You
1: just hope the school that you're part of yeah. has like some kind of emotional intelligence mm-hmm. when it comes to like looking out for our children. Right. And that's why you pick the school. Like the school that we chose, I was very – I combed through a lot of schools in Los Angeles and they were very – into social um and physical like well-being mm-hmm. and how to like resolve conflicts um through discussion mm-hmm. instead of like you know like pushing each other yeah and um so it really is up to the school as well to help resolve those types of conflicts you're
2: right you have to have a school that's like on top of it you know yeah who can recognize that and they see it from the beginning you know
1: also my resolution is to have more sex in 2008. <laughs> of course. And here we come, Pascal.
2: <laughs> you know that my husband is still mad at me for stealing his sperm.
1: Yeah, but you didn't do anything with it. I know. I well, I tried. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> coming after But you're me done. Like I I I totally have come to the realization that you're not going to have another kid. <laughs> you know what? Here's a You're thing. not and you're lying to me now. <laughs> no. Like if you say no, you are, no. you're like you're done, you're out of the zone. No, no. You there know was what? a soft
2: zone, but now It you're... was a... It was this officer. So I okay. So we kind of had another little like Scared? right a little scare. Why like, didn't you tell okay, me?
1: So you no. don't tell me your pain. No, I did. Oh my god, I, I peed on what? a stick when I thought I was pregnant in front of you. I <laughs> no, peed
2: on the true. stick in front of you, and then you proceeded to get your period like yeah right then
1: and there. like <laughs> I, like I actually this is so gross. Like I was like oh my god, I think I'm pregnant. And as I was peeing, I got my period. I was like oh that was a waste of like twenty nine dollars <laughs> right. for a pee stick.
2: <laughs> so <sighs> true. But you know what? Okay, so we had the scare again like. Like, probably like last month and by scare i don't mean like it a bad in a bad way like you were like i just hadn't yes i had not gotten my period and so you know i started really sort of thinking about it you know and i'm like
1: is this what i want is this
2: what i want exactly is this what i want do i want to go back into like the newborn and the diapers and like what mm-hmm. what is david's thought on that and like mm-hmm. will he be like as helpful as he was the first time and like He's a already lot. yeah, it's a lot, and he's already told me he's like honestly like if that were to happen again, it would be mostly you because he's like at this point, you know, I don't yeah. have the time to like yeah do what I did before. And also, he's older,
1: and I yeah. think when you have children like past your forties right. in a way because he didn't he just turn fifty?
2: Yeah, he turned yeah. Oh no, he's actually he just turned fifty two. Oh my gosh, I, know.
1: I can't even imagine what that would be
2: like to have children. Right. Anyway, I interrupted you. What did you? What were you oh, saying? No. No, no, I was just going to say that. Um, you know, we started just really kind of hashing it out and talking Mm -hmm. about it. And I just started sort of putting myself in that place a Mm -hmm. little bit and thinking about it and just wondering, you know, like, is this, you know, what we want? Like, is this what, I mean, I, I I have no doubt, like in my mind, it would be great for my daughter, like to have a sibling and to Mm -hmm. have that closeness and, and all of that good stuff and to learn about sharing and all the good things that come with having Mm -hmm. a second child. But I'm like, would we be as good of parents? I don't know. Would we? Look, we're almost
1: a year out now. And I look back at this year Mm. as a fucking shit show. I can't, and no one talks about this. And so when you're in it, you feel so isolated and so alone because you feel like no one else is going through it. And I feel like even my friends have like forgotten what it's Mm. like to have babies. So like I don't get as much leeway. Like if I'm late or if I don't show up on time, if I look like shit. People aren't like, oh, she's got a baby because they're they're out of the zone, you know? But it is so fucking hard and it is so magical too. Like I've never felt so in love with something other than my first child ever before. Mm. But it's just like she's up every two hours sometimes. And like my husband and I two nights ago, we started having the most ridiculous fight ever was at about? 2 a.m. in the morning because he said, I've been up with her for an hour. I was like, that's not true because I've been up for an hour and a half. So how could you be up for an hour? And he's like, oh, I meant 45 minutes. I'm like, you're a liar. You're gaslighting me. You're trying to like make me feel like I'm crazy. Like the fights that we have are just yeah. not nonsensical. <laughs> and they're just, it's because we're so fucking exhausted. Yes. But I wouldn't if you can get through that first year, mm-hmm. everything gets better. Like even the relationship, like I'm so glad I talked about the relationship aspect here because your relationship really goes through a tough time in the first year. Mm-hmm. And it's because my therapist said that like, you meet each other for the first four years, like in the first four years, you're like obsessed with each other. Cause that's kind of what we do as like, you know, animals, like we're obsessed. And then all of a sudden you have like the money and the kids and then you kind of split apart. And then when you split apart, that's the danger zone. That's the zone where like you could meet someone else, you could fall out of love. It's that after the four years is kind of four or five years is a danger zone, especially with kids. Mm -hmm. And you have to keep reconnecting and falling in love. And if you don't fall in love again, you will stay disconnected and ultimately your marriage doesn't work. So it's like, you know, my husband and I go away to Santa Barbara once a month just for one night. And literally all we do is eat, have sex and come home. (laughs) But it is a good reconnection for us and it makes us feel like we've fallen back in love. And so many times in the last couple months, I keep saying to him, like, I'm falling in love with you again. I'm falling in love with you again. But we need to fall in love with each other or it's just going to be about the diapers and fighting and calling each other like
2: names because we're so tired. Yeah. You become like a roommate. It becomes like a roommate scenario. You know, it's like if you don't have that like magic and that fire there, that's really good though. I mean, we, I need to make more of an effort to like Mm -hmm. go away even from one night local whatever we do we do
1: this um no, it's not sponsored hotels tonight mm-hmm. so we don't actually have a plan we just drive and then it's like the hotel whatever the hotel is near you for like the lowest price. So we don't spend more than like a hundred bucks, Oh wow! you know, like $120 because I don't want to waste, you know, money. (laughs) Um, But it is so good to reconnect with your partner. And like, again, intimacy, like we talk about intimacy on this podcast because people don't really talk about it a lot. And it's important to have intimacy
2: and you don't get that intimacy when you're always around kids. Yeah, you're right. No, you don't because there's no, there's no like consistent like time away. It's like, there's, they're always there. Like, you know, interrupting something mm-hmm. and then you can't have like a solid time. Sex session of like yeah. three three minutes. <laughs> yeah. You're like two and a half today. <laughs> but lately for us,
1: I want to have the experience. And like when you connect with someone and you're feeling more connected to them, yeah. you don't want it to be wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you want it to be more intimate you know it's funny because we were getting jiggy with it my husband hates it when I talk about this <laughs> stuff um and I just like stopped it because I was like we are not connecting
2: yeah oh.
1: there is yeah I was like this is we're having sex but we're not connecting and so we had to kind of a little tiff or whatever yeah. and then I was like look at me like let's look at each other so you like
2: to look at each other in the eyes I just don't want
1: sex that could be with from anyone else because we don't even know it's that person in the bed with us you right. know what i mean so it's not like i want to stare at him the whole time but i'm like yeah. kiss me yeah i'm like don't like when did we stop kissing right you know and then we had an incredible experience for like an hour because we were connecting with each other oh that's cool so it was like intense yeah and it wasn't yeah. like oh like come on baby like choke me <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like anything like that yeah. it was just intimate right. and it's so i feel like it's and you probably feel this way too It's so scary being vulnerable, especially when you're having sex because you have, this is like your rawest, rawest, say that three (laughs) times, form of yourself and being vulnerable and letting your, your husband really see you. And that's, it's scary to be vulnerable.
2: Yeah. Oh, you hit my Achilles. I know you You don't don't like that. So when you have sex, are you being vulnerable? You feel or not? You see? Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. i try to have like you know like some control some guard you know like something up because i'm like you know if we're gonna do this like i yeah. want to be perceived a certain way or like i you know what i mean like it's almost like a control yeah. factor too but it's so much better like next time we have sex and think it's okay david you can uh you can <laughs> thank me later right. like look at each other right I'd like do it that way can you do that no i in fact she's I, like no
1: yeah. uh no in that fact, came out so fast no
2: in fact i still owe him his birthday blowjob you do every I, every birthday every birthday there's a blowjob that's interesting
1: right just on his birthday i feel so sad for him for <laughs> no, like a minute he's like no i only get one a year and it's on my birthday it's my birthday blow job.
2: no it's his. no but it is extra special why what do you do
1: do you like eat I spicy did, food before yeah
2: i just don't bite it no
1: <laughs> <laughs> poor david he's emasculated <laughs>
2: <laughs> no i just you know i kind of like you know i just put more effort into things and i'm like you can do that
1: all year round it's I like a resolution
2: thing i know that's true i need to put more yeah energy and like care into especially like the intimacy aspect mm-hmm. of our relationship this year okay as much as i want to give no fucks yeah I want to be more
1: vulnerable and I have done so many things this year to be vulnerable. I got on stage, I started improv. I traveled the world by myself. I don't love flying. And I went to uh, London, Germany, New York, Australia, all by myself. When you're vulnerable, it's like, that's where the magic sits. right? And it's like the magic doesn't sit when you feel comfortable because it's, you're not pushing yourself beyond any of your own bounds yeah you've been really good about
2: it this year I'll i feel like you it has not felt good it. it but you're good about doing that you're good you're so much more secure than i am in that sense of like putting yourself out there and being vulnerable because it I feels just, terrible
1: it's scary but ultimately that's the only way you can grow I, I mean even this podcast i was like i don't have anything fucking to say and we're a year in yeah. we've almost done like 50 episodes and i'm so proud of us
2: i am too high <laughs> five, <laughs> five <I'm there. laughs>
1: And I want to build it and I want to build a community and build out listenership and, you know, get people to share. And, you know, I want them to be involved in this as well. So we can. So it's more of a community rather than just being in our own
2: space. Right. And that's like why it's so important for our listeners um, and our viewers to let us know what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. Like, tell us, like if there's a topic or a person you want us to talk to. Yeah um Let us know, right? Mm-hmm. Like hit us up. We're here, like for you guys.
1: Well, I'm excited for this year, Roxy. soxy 22. Happy
2: 2020. Happy
1: 2020, everyone. It's a new decade. I really feel I've had such a shitty and magical. It's been a <laughs> shitty magical 2019, and I feel like this next year is going to be the bomb.
2: This is going to be the bomb. This is. I feel it.
1: I feel it. Yes, I feel it.
2: 2020. Let's not give a fuck. Nope. And let's be nope. more vulnerable. Yeah. Deal? Two things. The- These are our resolutions. Yeah.
1: Be more vulnerable.
2: Yeah. Give less fucks.
1: I'm in. I'm in. And if my 10 pounds stays on for another year, so be it.
2: Give less fucks. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And be more vulnerable in bed if I've got like some extra pounds or whatever. Be
2: like, hello, hello. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. So, ladies and gents, where can you find us? You can find us on Women on
1: Top Official.
2: That's on Instagram and on Facebook. Facebook.
1: Women on Top official, is (laughs) it? Women on Top podcast. Oh, crap. (laughs) Women on Top podcast. And Tam and Sarasak and Red Carpet Roxy. Yes.
2: Find us, find us. We love you
1: guys. Thank you so much. And happy 2020. Uh, We are. Women on Top.